So if I didn't have any digital products at all, I was a content creator with an audience and I was like, I want to create a course or something. What should I do? I would create a course that's super specific that helps somebody solve an like an extremely specific problem in a specific amount of time. That was Meredith Marsh giving you the best damn advice you can ever get when it comes to creating a course. Super simple. The advice that I'm going to use myself when I create my first online course. But I'm Jeff Parker, the host of Content Creators Library, where we learn to be business savvy creators. So that we're not creating forever and forever. We're actually making a business, a creator business out of creating content for our audience. In this continuation of last week's podcast episode, we talked about how long it takes to become a full-time creator and does YouTube alone, can that pay all your bills or do you need different revenue streams? And next we go over pivoting as a creator because you will pivot. Eventually, you'll keep putting yourself out there. Something won't work and you will have to pivot and you will see what Meredith Marsh does and how you can do the same thing and learn from her. And then you always hear video is king, right? It, it's king. It, it absolutely is king right now. But our blog's so relevant, 2022. So Meredith has a blog, talks about that in this episode. And do you want to know the one thing, the one singular thing that nobody else can imitate, that only you as a creator can do? Nobody wants to be the same. We all want to be different. We all want to have our own personas and do the things that we want to do. And you will see as Meredith Marsh talks about this and just gives her own take on how you can create your own content, your own way, some of the mistakes she's made. That's it. There's a quick intro of Meredith at the very beginning, just like last week, just so you know who she is as a person, as she is as a creator. Let's go. Let's get this party started. Let's listen to this episode. So let us know who you are and uh, where you're creating content at. So I am Meredith Marsh. I started publishing weekly in 2015 at the beginning of the year. Although I guess technically my journey started the year before that, because that's when I kind of started to have this idea of like, should I create content? Should I be a content creator? I actually wanted to be a blogger. I have had no intention of ever of being on YouTube or doing anything with video. When I figured out what I wanted to create content about, it just kind of made sense to also create videos. So I just kind of did what other people, what I saw other people doing on YouTube, which was just talk to a camera. That's kind of how it started in 2015. So I started out creating tutorials and how-to videos on how to use a GoPro camera and how to edit GoPro videos for my intention at the time was to help families. In my mind, I thought I was going to help moms create really fun family videos. And it turns out it's not the moms that do that. Usually it's the dads, which is fine. But like it, it evolved over time and I had no idea what I was doing. So that was like, that was where I started and that was my intention. And then I just kind of followed what made sense. And now my channel is still dedicated to helping people figure out how to use a camera and how to edit videos, but it's not so much for family videos. It's more for like YouTube and social media and things like that. Like for someone who wanted to start a membership or a course, like what, what what's your take on all that? Well, so I created a course on how to edit GoPro videos. That was my first course. And it, like it did well for, for somebody who had no idea how to launch a course or anything. I was proud of myself. And then, so I think 
And now I have a membership. Honestly, I love having the membership, like the people that are in there, but it's a real headache to try and figure out how to get people interested to join the membership because they're, it's not super specific. So if I didn't have any digital products at all, I was a content creator with an audience and I was like, I want to create a course or something. What should I do? I would create a course that's super specific that helps somebody solve an like an extremely specific problem in a specific amount of time, for example. So, and it could be, you know, it could be anything. And it, it almost reminds me of like that same mentality of when you start a channel, you're like, well, I don't want to be known for just one thing. I want to be known for all these other things, but you have to start somewhere. You have to be known for one thing in order to be known for a bunch of things. And so when it comes to creating a digital product, it has to be specific and and ha- and offer a specific result. And even better if it's a system or a, rather than just a, a teaching thing, like my YouTube channel is for teaching, but I don't just hand over entire system for um, keyword research and optimizing your videos. That's inside the paid program. That's inside Video Pursuit Society. So there's value in saving people time. So if you can create a specific result and just hand over a system, even if it's a workbook or something that's going to save people time to get to the results, then I think it'll be a much easier sell when it comes to selling that, that thing. It's perfect. Super specific. Like, a to B solution. That's, that's perfect. So what is the Video Pursuit Society? So the Video Pursuit Society is a monthly membership program for content creators who are starting and growing their online business with YouTube content mostly. So we do a monthly Q&A call as a group on Zoom. We have like 12 months of, I call them action plans. They're kind of like different different things that you could be working on. You know, the thing with content creation is like, you're always creating new content, but you're also always trying to get better at something or learn something, most of us anyway, right? So uh, whether it's like affiliate marketing or working with brands and trying to actually earn revenue as a content creator, or if it's something with your editing that you're trying to improve or get faster, there's always something to kind of work on. So there's an action plan, like 12 months worth of action plans in there. And then we have a private Facebook group. We have, sometimes we have contests, sometimes there's prizes. We have, sometimes we have a GIF battle or a GIF battle, depending on how you say it. So it's, it's a fun place. I like to think of it as, I like to think of myself as a camp counselor rather than like some YouTube guru teacher person. I'm just, I'm like, I'm creating content right along with you guys. I'm just a few steps ahead, but I just have a few years of experience to help people avoid making some of the same mistakes that I've made. So that's what the Video Pursuit Society is. Okay, I guess so dope. Do you make more money with YouTube or like your courses, blog, everything else? Because I think a lot of people, I'm interested in the question because a lot of people think like it's, I'm going to just do this YouTube thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at a certain point, maybe you have enough subscribers or everything and it works out right. Mm -hmm. What I've heard like that doesn't 
that's not the case. Yeah, I don't know my exact percentage breakdown, <laughs> but I, I think it's about half of my revenue comes from digital products, membership, all that stuff. And the other half, if you combined ad revenue and affiliate revenue, I think it would come out to be about half and half. And so, I mean, I think that's why it's really important to have multiple streams of revenue and setting up some more passive streams like affiliate marketing, even if your channel is brand new, like there's no reason to wait to figure that out. You know, I always like to say like a business will never start marketing itself and then figure out how it's going to bring in revenue. And yet YouTube creators do th that exact thing. They say, well, I'm going to start creating videos and then figure out how to make money. And you don't have to do that. Um, you can learn affiliate marketing, create videos designed to drive some traffic to affiliate products that you use and that you promote and that you teach people about. And at the same time, be growing your channel. There's no reason to wait on that. Of course, you have to wait for ad revenue because you have to have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. But again, as your channel grows, I like to say, as your channel grows, your income flows, but only if you have some revenue streams in place as your channel is growing. I think you need to figure out the strategy. You're not day one, but like just if your focus is just on more subscribers or something, where, where's the, where's the point where you spend so much and nothing's coming in? Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. So you made a video about a, a pivot recently, which I think we all, I feel like if you haven't pivoted at least once in your journey, if not multiple times, you're probably not trying hard enough because it, it, it's just, it's got to happen. Like it's a period. It's, I started, I was like, I'm going to help websites for content creators. And like, maybe that's, that's probably more valid because I understand, but beginning it, I had no idea what I was doing. I <laughs> like it was, it was terrible. But, but what, what was that video about? That video was about my YouTube channel pivot. And so like I mentioned, when we first started here, I had started out creating videos about how to use a GoPro camera, how to edit GoPro videos for like family hobby type videos. And, and then over time, I think of it as like, if you were going to try and turn a cruise ship, it, it's like, it has to be slow and it's going to take some time and has, you have to be careful that you don't like capsize. So over time, I was, I just started kind of talking to a different type of person. And that was the person who's creating content because they are trying to grow their channel. They are trying to grow their business or market their business or be a content creator. And the what I did in that video is basically showed, basically told why I pivoted, but I also opened up my analytics a little bit and explained how I pivoted because I think, I think this is something people wonder about. I know this is something people wonder about. Like, should I just start over or should I just change directions on my channel? And I think Again, going back to who is your audience? Are you pivoting your topics, but it's still relevant for the audience? Or is this a completely different audience? Like that's in my mind, that's the question you should be asking yourself if you're wondering, should I start a new channel or should I just start talking about something different on this channel? I had a client who, um, she was in the Video Pursuit Society and she had a channel with like 30,000 subscribers and she 
was doing videos about she's a, she's a birth photographer. So all of her videos were very specific to birth photography. And she didn't want to do that content anymore. She didn't want, she wasn't, it was COVID. She wasn't doing birth photography because it wasn't allowed to have someone, some strange person in there with a camera. So she wanted to do something else. And instead of starting a new channel, she published a video about, that was like her, it was like a travel, a travel vlog type of video. And so you can see on her channel, she has videos that are like 50,000 views, 126,000 views, 70,000 views, 340 views, because that video has nothing to do with the people that were interested in that channel. And so I, I, I think it's okay to have enough respect for the subscribers and the audience that you have to say this channel is now complete and I'm going to focus on something else on a new channel. And if you want to come along, that's great. If not, that's fine. But like a YouTube channel doesn't have to be something that goes on and on forever. You know, I mean, TV shows don't do that. Most of them don't do that. For some reason, I feel like YouTube creators have it in their head I think because it takes so much time and energy to to grow the channel to begin with, it's like kind of scary to, yeah, to walk away. But again, if you think about your audience, like what what is actually going to make sense for them? And I think it's okay to sort of just put a cap on a YouTube channel and say, this exists here on its own and we're well, maybe we'll come back to it maybe we won't but it's here and it gives value for people they can still find it still watch the videos while you focus on something else if if that's what you feel like you need to do pivot wise especially with how youtube works like literally you could they're all over here they can make money be monetized you just go over here you don't exactly like you see so many videos where, like they'll just buy a bleeding or something and like they're still making money and they go do something else. When, when did uh, when did this become like this full-time thing that you do? Oh, well, that's a good story. So I had a full-time job. Well, like I said, my background was in web design. I was a freelance web designer for, I don't know, a, a bunch of years. And I had an opportunity to be an in-house web designer slash social media manager for a local company. And I live in the middle of nowhere. So to have that type of job in the middle of nowhere where I don't have to commute to a bigger city was kind of like a dream come true. So I took that job I was, and I loved it. I got to learn more about business instead of like going from client to client. You just sort of set up their site and then you bail and move on to another client. So I got to learn more about business. I was there for about three years and it was in the middle of my time there that I started the YouTube channel and the blog because going from being self-employed to being employed, it was only a matter of time before I was like, yeah, I would really rather to be self-employed. So how do I get back out of this? Right. I love the job, love the people, but looking to the future, I was like, trying to like make my way out, you know? So I, like I said, I had, I started a blog. I was just going to try and be a blogger, but then that turned into YouTube. The YouTube channel and the blog picked up a little bit. I launched that video editing course. And then about a couple months later, a month later or so, my 
job moved to another state and eliminated my position. So in my mind, I was kind of like, I'm going to make money at this whole blogging thing and then I'm going to quit my job. And they quit my job for me. <laughs> so I just had to just kind of jump off, uh, jump off the cliff there. I was sort of pushed off the cliff. So luckily I had a supportive, had, have both, have a supportive husband who was, you know, I had two little kids. And like I said, if I wanted to work in as a web designer somewhere, I would have to go to a city, commute to a city. It just made sense if I can make this content creation thing work financially enough to make it make sense for our family, we would benefit in the long run because like somebody has to, you know, take kids to doctor's appointments and stuff like that. So we made it work. It was rough for the first couple of years. It took me, I think it took me about three years before I made what I was making at my full-time job. And it's, it's not, it does, it's not a quick thing. Like online business is not a quick thing for everybody. For some people it is, they take off and they like, they're, you know, they're good to go. It was slower for me. I had a lot to learn about running my own business. That wasn't just a freelance business. I had a lot to learn about sales and selling an online course and and again, at the same time, trying to be flexible for my family to pick kids up, take them to school, take them to sports, take them to doctor's appointments, like all of those things are kind of big hurdles <laughs> to starting working, growing your own business. But I kept at it and and made it work. That sounds like the journey of anybody who has <laughs> been successful or they're when you talk about your blog, is that you think in 2022, like, do people still start blogs? Yes, people still start blogs. Yeah, I think it's smarter to, to like, like a pod, I see people do a podcast. They'll take the podcast, put it into a blog. I'm like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, this is like next level. Maybe it's not, but it just seemed like <laughs> you're doing twice the, you already got yeah. the transcriptions. Exactly. Just spend yes. the 30, whatever, spend the two hours to make the post. It can last mm -hmm. on forever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, there's, I think, yes, a video is like the king of content and video is like not going away, but there are still people who, who cannot watch a video. They either don't have the time or they literally don't have the internet bandwidth to consume that video, or they are, you know, they have a sleeping baby next to them and they can't hear the video. And so I think there are a lot of circumstances where there are people, and it will continue to be this way, that people prefer to read something than watch a video. And so, like you said, you already have a transcript for a video or a podcast. You already, you've literally created the blog post. You just need to put it into a blog post um, and format it, edit it a little bit here and there, add some links. But it's already the hard part is done. You don't even have to write anything because you already wrote it when you created the content. And Google, you know, Google is Google. So if you can optimize your blog post to show up as search results, plus if you have videos that also show up in Google search results, you can kind of dominate the first page of Google. And I, I, I don't think that concept is going away anytime yeah. soon. We just have, we, 
I think sometimes people are like, well, we have TikTok and we have Instagram and we have all these other ways to be discovered by people that doesn't make Google and SEO less important. It just means we have other additional ways to be discovered. They're not replacing search engine optimization, I don't think. Yeah, maybe back in the day, it was like just the blog. Now, if anything, I mean, you're competing with more people. That's the only right. bad part. Mm-hmm. But you could take your, you could like repurpose your content everywhere. And even right. just use it as like marketing, just to be mm-hmm. seen, mm-hmm. to get them to maybe where only you make your sales on your blog or something. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and I actually, I actually started a new blog last year, which this is part, I guess this is part two of the pivot question. I took all my GoPro blog post content and moved it to its own site. No videos. The videos are just on my channel. So, and I haven't created any new GoPro related videos at all. So we moved the content and then also we've been adding more blog posts to it and it's doing really well, like search engine wise. And so that's a whole, that can be a whole other separate entity of the business that I like it because I don't, it's not like I have to create a blog post every week. It's like when we have time, when I feel like it, when I'm feeling like writing, then I can put together a blog post and just let it organically grow. And the only way that content gets discovered is through Google. So, and it's almost, it's, it's getting about, I think maybe like two thirds of the traffic than my main blog is just from, just from Google. So it's still relevant in 2022. Well, so I guess just, did you have any parting words or anything you want to give out to content creators? Oh, parting words. I have so many words. I, if I, this morning I was thinking about how I wish that I, if I, I was thinking about, I I do this all the time. I think about what would I have done differently like five years ago? Because I'm always thinking about content should I create that's going to be helpful for my audience. And my audience was like me five years ago. So I, I often will think, what would I have done differently? What did I do wrong? You know, that kind of thing. And I was just thinking this morning about how I wish I was more comfortable being more authentic on camera earlier on. Like when I first started, I was very... Cause I was copying what other people did. Cause I didn't know how, I didn't know how to talk to a camera. Some people would argue, I still don't know. But so I was very like, hi, my name is Meredith and blah, blah, blah. And there are some of my older, older videos have a sort of like a, like a newscaster sort of vibe to them <laughs> because I was just copying what I was seeing now when I record my videos, I still have a script so that I know what to say, but I'm more, I'm not, I'm, I'm not as like perfectly cut and dry. Look at the lens. Don't look away. Like I'm, I'm a little bit more natural, a little bit more authentic. And I wish I had done that sooner or like been more comfortable doing that sooner. So that would be my parting my parting word for content creators, I think authenticity is huge. And I think it's it's going to become, or it probably already is, like the thing, the one thing that you can do different than anyone else is to be you. So the more authentic you are in all of your content, the 
more results you're going to get, whatever you want them to be from your content, because you're just being yourself and, and that's it. And that's enough. So those are, those are my parting words. That's good. Thank you. You, you, you know, like someone who's going to see you and like you for who you are is like, you want that person. You want the fake, exactly. the fake you, you want exactly whoever you look like, whoever you are, whoever you talk, mm-hmm. you want that person. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just one last question. Those books in the background, what's, what's like your favorite book? I like reading books. Another really good book that I listened to recently was Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. It's really, really, really good. Is it? It's surprisingly I'm skeptical good. with like when, when a famous person makes a book. No, he, he made it. But like I'm he skeptical. Re- he, he wrote it. He, he, okay, then. He, he, it's surprising. I, I don't think of Matthew McConaughey as being like this like deep, thoughtful person, really, <laughs> because I'm thinking of like characters that he's played. So it was surprisingly, it was surprisingly good. I think everybody should, should listen to it. And it's also, it's also funny. It, you know, he makes it funny and he reads it. So it's good. I recommend it. I know, I know when it came out, it was on Audible. Like it was like, get this book. Like it was on like the first thing it popped up. He said, yeah, Audible. Good. Yep. I use Audible and um, I listen to all kinds of things um, on there. I go back and forth between podcasts and Audible. Well, I think that was it. I appreciate all this. Yeah. Thanks for having me.